Hi, this is Geeta Nandikotkur, Managing Editor for Asia and Middle East with Information Security Media Group. I caught up with Carl Leonard, Principal Security Analyst at Force Point, to discuss the new threat landscape and how it is challenging the year 2019. Thanks, Carl, for joining me today. Hello, Geeta. Carl, you agree that sophisticated threats are not going to go away in the months to come. So what do you think, what is strikingly going to be different in the coming months from threats and what is it intensity going to be and what are the new risks that you see? As we did our analysis, reached out to industry peers, members of community, the customer base, we really found that the way that businesses are going to approach those threats is going to change. They're looking for something new to escape the cat and mouse game. For several years now, the cybersecurity community has continually adopted mitigation to help get around some of the threats that are being posed by cyber criminals, nation states, and now even an appreciation that the threats posed to your data, your intellectual property could come from the inside of an organization as well. They're being employees that make mistakes. So with all these different threats that are coming into an organization or exist within an organization, business leaders are really trying to figure out a new way to approach this. So as we predict with our 2019 cybersecurity predictions set, we anticipate that there'll be a realization, this silver bullet of AI, artificial intelligence, and machine learning is not really going to be fruitful. It's not going to give them the the answers they need to, to get out of this cat and mouse game. So much of the indicators that we're seeing from business leaders is that they want to try a new approach that is not threat-centric, but instead looks at the behavior of those uh, pieces of malware, of those insiders, those employees within organizations, and especially so if credentials compromised, taken over by an external attacker. It's really difficult to do behind the scenes, but if you've got the technology in place as a user of that technology, you can really identify some interesting anomalies. You can see when something needs further investigation. That will hopefully allow you to best mitigate from these threats. So really what we're seeing is that whilst the threats will continue and will be ever more sophisticated. There will continue to be zero days. There will continue to be new ways to bypass authentication methods, new ways to get around sandboxes. So the mitigation method will abstract from all of that. And if you can look at what's happening in your environment, then you're in a better position to start protecting it. Okay, you mentioned that artificial intelligence and machine learning is not really uh, doing its job or not really meeting its expectations. I'm surprised to see that most of the predictions, the technologies, analysts are favoring artificial intelligence. So what makes you think so? This is a really interesting area and, and one that it's important to understand the nuances of the, the terminology, how businesses are using AI. We believe that right now, I don't think anybody in any sector has general artificial intelligence. There, there is no sentient being that completely emulate a human and be fantastic at uh, reproducing human-like capabilities across many tasks. Humans are amazing and we're, we're trying to build machines that mimic that. 
and it's incredibly difficult. What we do have, you know, we have this in our homes, we have this in our workplace, we see this when we, we go to the doctor, is narrow AI. And narrow AI can be excellent at very specific tasks. We can see, you know, self-driving cars, their image recognition. They can make a distinction between different humans, bicycles and cars, and all of that can plug in to achieve the task of autonomously navigating a car through a street. These are working very well on the whole. And in healthcare, we've got these really smart systems that allow your doctor to diagnose uh, illness uh, based off of various inputs because of all of this trained materialist knowledge has been input into the system. What we haven't got though is within cybersecurity realm that degree of achievement and much of the time there's a whole lot of ground management by humans of choosing the right algorithms, training the algorithms, even choosing the correct data to use to train those algorithms, and then having to understand the output of those algorithms and then to do something about it. There is no AI in cybersecurity. What we really have is machine learning. Machine learning that is developing at quite a pace, but what we need to do is figure out where machine learning's place is in the other systems that we have. I guess my advice to people is that don't always fall for the hype around you know, the silver bullet that is an AI-enabled system. Think carefully about what we want that system to do and how well it can do it and how much transparency we want to speak to know how that system is working. It might be just as good, if not better, to, to just use smart statistics or, or some other algorithm that isn't billed as an sort of AI solution that can then help you achieve in a, in a much easier way your goals of ultimately protecting your organization. So having said that, Carl, how is this behavioral analytics addressing these insider threat concerns? So from your conversation, I understand the criticality is the human, right? The human behavior that is really you know, impacting the entire landscape. So how does this behavior analytics is helping? What does it mean to security? So I think a good case study to, to use to discuss this is one around uh, facial recognition and using biometrics to help us authenticate end users. Um, most of us now are very used to using our fingerprint to sign into our smartphone. And we appreciate that they're incredibly accurate and that no one else is going to be able to sign into our phone apart from us because we set up the fingerprint and our fingerprint is unique. The trouble is the, the algorithm this is used to recognize our fingerprint and then transmits that to the sort of the, the system that, that says yes this is my fingerprint. Those could be intercepted and those might not have captured exactly the uniqueness of my fingerprint. Apple have seen this as well in um, their facial recognition systems. Probably heard of stories where the twin in a, in a sibling pair could uh, log into the iPhone and the, the system thinks that it is person A where it's actually their twin, person B. So when we speak about facial recognition, we acknowledge that it's a, it's a, it's a useful, it's a convenient way to authenticate a, a user. Then we've also seen researchers that have created masks, 3D printed masks that can then be placed in front of a, a the camera and it will recognize that mask as a as a legitimate human and then log them in. So with all of these systems that we've built for authentication, we've thought of passwords, 
we've thought of passphrases, we've got fingerprint recognition and other biometrics such as facial recognition. Those can be bypassed. We especially know the problems around passwords, how many of those have been stolen and are made available online. What would be better is that let's assume that our authentication mechanisms can be bypassed. How do we know that the person logged in is really the person that we think it is? Well, let's look at what they're doing on the system. Let's look at how their machine is now behaving. Let's look at how they're interacting with data on the system, how they're interacting with confidential information on the system. If that those data interactions, if their movements around the network, if they start running different applications on their laptops, their phones, their desktops, different applications in the cloud that are unusual, maybe it isn't the person that we think it is. So that's where it's really useful to, to look at behavior and a response to realizing that authentication mechanisms can be bypassed, the protection mechanisms can be bypassed. You know, we, we can craft files that can get past behavioral sandboxes and the sandbox will think they're legitimate when really they're malicious. So it's, it's, we come down to sort of what's, what's common, what do we really know about well, we know that a legitimate user is going to behave in a particular way because we, we baseline them. We, we know what sort of applications they run. Um, we know how they sort of type their password every day. And if that changes, let's go and look into that further. Okay, with this, do you think the obvious malicious behavior will be detected faster? Absolutely. Once you understand what normal looks like and the system understands how individuals behave, how groups of individuals behave, for example, they know what the marketing team normally do. It understands how sales perhaps interact with cloud applications to to build out their monthly reports it's it's learned what good is so when something bad happens we can stop that even better we can have that behavioral knowledge interacting with the policy enforcement so imagine a system where the behavioral analytics spots that something is unusual and nefarious and malicious so let's quickly adjust the protection mechanisms policies real time to then protect that end user or to protect the data. That's really where the, the future of uh, threat protection is going to reside. Okay. So I get this backdrop call. So how are these practitioners leveraging this? How are they using cross-leveraging technology and process intelligence to build this behavioral models? So the, the good thing is that we can look at multiple attributes uh, within, a, within a system whilst maintaining the privacy of the, the individual that's interacting with that system. We can build out a set of attributes such as which, which applications are currently running in the background uh, most of the time, even down to when an individual normally looks onto the system. And we can, yeah, we can accommodate for anomalies. Um, imagine that someone's um, working on a, a project and the deadline is coming up and they might be working extra hours to make sure that, that project is completed on time to a high standard etc but what we what we can do is to see when the behavior is notably different to what we've ever uh, seen before and we can flag this up as an as an alert uh, we we look at we can look at and could look at changes in the uh, behavior of the the entity you know that the, the the logging credentials whether that be the uh, the end user or the end user's credentials that have been compromised behavior around to the data you know, what sort of data is accessed where is it moved to is it now sort of still residing in the local 
a country of origin or has it moved to a website uh, outside of that typical local jurisdiction? Is it now still using that German website or Indian website or is it now moved elsewhere? And also the system. So as I mentioned, you know, the applications that are running on the system, when that system normally uh, boots up, when it closes down, when there's a login event, when different tools are, are executed. And we can build a picture of what that looks like typically within an organization, within the department, within the individual's accounts. What happens is an alert can be generated that the user of the system, so that's the, the IT security analyst, can then look into that further. As I mentioned, better still, you can have that risk mitigated straight away by having that intelligence sent to adjust the policies so that if an individual is or looks like they are now uh, sending confidential data to a system outside of the normal working practice workflow, then let's go and, and lock that down. Let, let's allow them to operate as normal when things are normal. But when something bad happens, let, let's stop that bad behavior. Thank you so much, Carl, for your thoughts on how security industry is moving towards absorbing behavior analytics and tackling business risk. It's been a pleasure. This is Geetanand Kutku from ISMG.